Folks, it's Mark here. Uh, I'm on vacation, and when I go on vacation, I don't have to write a podcast, and so we use one of our Hall of Fame casts to fill in. And this week, our Hall of Fame cast is Solution to a Stalled Technical Career, which was our very first cast ever. Uh, many of you have joined us over the years and perhaps have listened to the basics, but maybe have not gone back and listened to the very beginning uh, and you certainly don't need to, uh, but the very first cast before we did our cast on one-on-ones uh, was about a friend of ours who was struggling in his career, and uh, we made some specific recommendations about behavior. We introduced the concept of uh, a behavior and, and recommendations that are actionable in this very first cast. And for those longtime listeners, uh, many of them feel that this is one of our most important casts. So I give to you Solution to a Stalled Technical Career. Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, June 27th, 2005. Hi, my name is Michael Lozan, and I'll be your host for today's show. Again, welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast. Manager Tools is a new weekly podcast focused on helping you become a more effective manager and leader. If you're tired of a lot of management theory and would rather learn specific actions you can take today to improve your management performance, we think you'll enjoy the Manager Tools podcast. Along with my good friend and business partner, Mark Horseman, each week we'll be talking about new tools and easy techniques you can use to help achieve your management and career objectives. Again, welcome. Let's get on to the show. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, um... You know, we've uh, we've been talking for a while about uh, doing these podcasts around leadership mm-hmm. and management management topics. Yep. The idea of kind of helping people through the the challenges that new and even experienced managers have. Right. Um, interestingly enough, I got a I got an email from a friend of mine the other day, and was asking something I know you have some experience with, and um, he's a he's a senior manager in a large information technology organization yep in a large fortune 500 organization um and he is and i know him personally i used to work with him some some time back he's an absolute genius when it comes to technology he is very very good so it's um well surprising in some ways but not so surprising as i i think you'll quickly get to uh what I I think the issue is, but he is having problems in terms of his effectiveness. He has lots of ideas. He's he's been responsible for a number of great ideas that have really contributed to the bottom line, but he's kind of at a stage in his career now where he's, you know, got 60 people, you know, 60 people or so working for him. He's um, got a relatively significant piece of the organization that can influence business. He's moved uh, into a space where he's dealing with uh, customers and directly with the marketing organization that that really kind of runs this company, right? Um, but he, but he's he's been unable to get a lot of his ideas adopted, and um, you know had had asked me to kind of help him a little bit with that, right? Run- I see it all the time. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's classic, Mike. I mean, um, the smartest guy in the room is almost always the one that's also the most frustrated. Partially because they've been that way all their life, but just you know they're just they, they're so smart they're ahead of everybody. But that's not the issue. The issue is they're playing the wrong game. Um, all the IT smarts in the world, or for that matter, legal smarts or logistical smarts or HR smarts in the world, will get you 
nowhere and even less than nowhere if you're arrogant about it because unfortunately <laughs> you know the, the the job in corporate america is working with other people and as the old joke goes um I'm glad you like working with people because all the jobs working with dogs and trees in our company are taken. <laughs> um, experts, the more expert you get, and in the top 10% of the expertise, uh, you take all the people in your organization, the 10% that are smartest in a technical area, I would predict 90% of them are going to be noticeably less effective than what most people would guess because they have spent all of their time or the vast majority of their time becoming technical experts, and they have um, they have um, disregarded uh, to their own detriment uh, the people skills piece. Well, that's not well, that's not surprising. I mean, up until this point in his career, he's been promoted many, many times, but largely based on his technical expertise. Sure. I don't think anybody's ever promoted him based on his um, relationship expertise. Or and, and certainly, in, in organizations, there are some places you can get into a technical fellow role where you know. We actually encourage curmudgeons to be a technical fellow. You know, yeah, but that's supposed it. to be. Yeah, that's, that's, not, what that's not what he wants to do. That's not what he wants to do. Yeah, you have to be so good that you have to fight through all the years of irritating everybody all the time. Um, and probably his career will stall at some point unless he gets to that exalted level. And it's just a much harder road uh, without solid people skills. And, and you know what? Nobody hires IT people and looks for that. The, the interviews are all technical, so we, or it's it's not the IT folks are only partially responsible. The organization shares a lot of the blame as well for looking for particular skills, advertising for particular particular skills, and hiring immediately when somebody has the skills without putting them through a a, a set of tests or interviews to make them see whether or not they fit in. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about. You know, this I think we've both seen this occur before, so this is not any news. Um, so I talked to him a little bit about that, and he expressed a lot of discomfort with the idea that somehow his career that's that's gone so well, uh, so uh, so far gone so well that it somehow be related related to or dependent upon a skill that he's never developed. Uh, yeah. And, one, one, he doesn't feel like he has any expertise there, and, and two, he just feels very, very uncomfortable. He's somewhat of an introvert. Doesn't, yep. yeah. you know, he's, you know, he likes to, you know, he likes to read books. He's, he's not the one that's going to the parties on the weekends. He's the one right. that's sitting in a room reading a good book and, you know, thinking about, uh, yeah, what he's right. going to bring to work the next, the next work day. Right. And and, and I, I I see these up folks all the time, and um, th- what I often tell them is, you're fortunate that you're smart. Because if you have the ability to understand this IT stuff, you have the ability to understand the people equation. And so once they put their mind to it, and that's the big issue, will they choose to or not? Once they put their mind to it, they're quick to understand what the issues are, and they're on a fairly steep learning curve, and they, as soon as they start behaving in slightly different ways, they learn very quickly from their own behavior, they change their behavior, and they start getting results. If you can get somebody past the, I don't want to do it because I've never done it before and I'm afraid of failing, because over here in IT I'm really smart, um, if you can get them past that first moment of hesitation, they're smart enough. Um, if they're experts, they're smart enough to figure it out and, and uh, get some quick wins and then say, okay, I'm really going to be good at this. And they don't have to be, you don't have to be salesman of the year. You simply have to reduce the negative impact of your lack of relationship building skills. The, 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 you need to reduce that 
impact on the negative impact on project success. Okay, so so, so what does he have to do? I mean, I I know another person who who understands. Now, this person understands the fact that you have to have good relationships, right? Um, and he thinks he does. And the fact of the matter is, he doesn't. He's another <laughs> technology guy, and he is awful. Nobody yeah. wants to. Talk. I mean, so so obviously, just knowing that you have to have the ability to create relationships is not important yeah. enough. There are, there are, there must be very specific things you can do to create a relationship. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, let's go back and let's, let, let, let's cover some simple bases that people often ask me about. I get these questions all the time. Okay. So do I need to do, you know, I'm young, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit or I'm in the middle of my career. I'm struggling a little bit. What do I do? Well, first, the first thing you got, I, I got to tell you, the first key piece of advice is more technical training is not the answer. Okay. Now, there is a certain amount of technical training that you've got to get. You've got to stay current. Um, but I would encourage virtually every single IT person who is hearing this podcast to, to, right now to say the next training you should take should be in soft skills. Um, you're going to get plenty of budget opportunities to take hard skills stuff. They're going to be a new project, and they're going to give it to you. So, so, so first thing. Spend some time on the soft skills. It's not very expensive, and it can pay your real dividends. Okay, what can he do? Before I answer that, I just want to make a case. I want to help people remember why this is so. And so I'm going to say something very basic that probably some of them heard before. There's a number of different ways of looking at it. But but most IT people, and again, and remember, this applies to lawyers. It'll apply to logisticians. It'll apply to HR people. It'll apply to... Anybody in an internal support role in a large organization. IT happens to be in the news lately because of the technology boom of the last uh, 20 years thanks to PC, but for the most part, this applies to any internal service provider. And, and that is there are three types of power in an organization. There are only three. You can slice it a bunch of different ways. In fact, some of the models even suggest attractiveness has something to do with it, um, and, and that's included in my model as well. But there are basically three types of power. Everybody knows what the first one is, and that's role power. You know, look, if you're a VP, you outrank a director, and if the director, if the VP doesn't want to do what the director wants to do, the VP gets his or her way. Okay? Pretty simple. The second one is expertise. That's where the IT folks rule, or the lawyers rule, right? Um, and the third one is relationship power. Um, oftentimes, relationship power is called influence, but actually, real power... Um, is is pretty rare in organizations other than in a purely using it purely to fire or hire somebody. So we've got three. Three ways to influence the organization. Using your role, using your expertise, or using your relationships, leveraging your relationships. Here's the dirty little secret about that, Mike, that really ought to ring true with the IT folks who are struggling with this question all the time. And again, I get this question all the time. And that is, you are not going to change your positional power at all while you're in the organization unless you get promoted or demoted. Simple as that. If you're an IT manager or director, that is the amount of power you have. You, you know, If it's going to boil down to a power struggle, if, you, if you're looking at an executive director and you're only director, you're going to lose. Okay? Um, you can't change your positional power as long as you're in the role you're in. Secondly, expertise. It's unlikely in any short period of time, six months, nine months, a year, you're going to change your, your influence based on expertise. You are what you are. You know, maybe you'll learn an extra programming skill or maybe you'll learn an ability to, to do something on the web or design or something like that, but that's unlikely. Expertise, generally there's some sort of threshold of beginner 
ability. And so you're not going to change it in the short term. But in, you mean learning C-sharp is not going to improve my power in the organization yeah, is it, yeah. as a director I, I want i want people to have all that but but and, and many people say well gosh if i learn more that's better right always always keep learning the organization says it all the time and they provide free courses and so on but it just really doesn't what i get so often is can you help me on my next project okay and i say good we, we agree on the three the three parts of in, three types of influence role is your role going to change in the next six months nope is your expertise going to change in the next six months? Nope. So unless we agree that we can change your relationship power, then there's nothing you can do. You might as well just hang up. Your, you know, you're done. Fold God. up your tent. And that's got to make uh, a lot of guys in the and gals, I imagine, in the IT sector uh, pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, here's the beauty of it. They they're so uncomfortable they won't accept it. What they do is they say, yeah, role can't change, expertise can't change. And, you know, I know who I know, and I know who my relationships are. That's not going to change. And so, therefore, I'm done. There's nothing I can do. And they literally almost, I can see them turn off right in front of me. Hmm. And then I challenge them a little bit. I say, whoa, you ever made a new friend in your life? Sure. How long did it take? Well, sometimes I just click with somebody. Exactly. The reason you click is because they're a lot like you. And if you want to change your relationships with any project on any organizational effort in, you know, in a company, and whether it's with marketing or sales or operations or engineering or anything else, all you need to do is change your relationships with those people. And you can do that almost immediately. Now, having said all that, I know it's a long preamble and I apologize for that. The question is, okay, how do I change them? And it is as simple as it can possibly be. It, it's easy to understand. Let me put it. It's simple to understand. It's, it's frustrating at times to do it, but, but anyone can do it, and they've been doing it all their lives. They're engaging in what amounts to normal interpersonal relationship stuff. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's why the old saying is, is uh, the hard stuff, IT stuff, engineering stuff, and so on, the hard stuff is easy. The soft stuff is hard. Um, Long term, what do you think the percentage of one's uh, career success and we can talk about how to define that but just in a, a general high level right what percentage of a person's success in their career is dependent upon technical skills versus relationship skills do you think oh i would say it's 90 relationship 10 technical the right. problem is the vast majority if you look at a if you look at the distribution of people in large organizations you, you, you will have people want to shoot me when I say that, uh, even though if you read stuff, that's what all the reading says. And the reason is this, because at the bottom of the organization where the vast majority of people are, right, there's only one CEO, but there's a whole bunch of phone reps, customer service reps. The, the bulk of people are at the bottom, second and two levels up from the bottom of the organization. That's like 80% of the people in an organization. Those people were hired for their technical skills. They get beat up because they don't know stuff. They don't get promoted because they haven't checked this block. Because of the lowest levels, they try to make things pretty structured and pretty organized. But the fact is, anybody at the top will tell you that everything that their, their career is all about has been about relationships and about soft skills. Well, that's got to be – I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, if you look at uh, your typical IT person, an entry-level IT position – Right. They're they're getting promoted based upon their technical skills, yeah, not, sure. not the relationship skills. Very, that's not that's not a solid rule, but that's by in general right. that's the case. And so now you're saying that later on in the career, say ten years, fifteen years later, it's it's switched instead of ninety percent technical. It's now yeah. 
That's why there's such a glut in middle management because that's when it really becomes obvious that relationships are so important and there's been no been, been no investment in relationships and 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 that's why people who make it through there, a lot of IT people, a lot of engineers, a lot of logisticians, a lot of HR people go, yeah, you know that guy, he's at the top now, he's not one of us, and they kind of they kind of show disrespect for the person who made it through. Well, the reason is because they're engaging in a different set of skills. They they're no longer one of us. Yeah, it's interesting. I had this. Uh a similar conversation with a friend of mine uh, not more than a month ago, um, manager in a large consulting organization. And uh, this, this is kind of the discussion we had. And he, we came to a point where he understood that he, he was struggling with some relationships on this project he was supporting. Um, he was kind of looking to get to the next level of management. And, right. he, and you could see that he absolutely recognized that relationships were important. If he wanted to get promoted, he needed to figure out how – to build relationships. However, and this is where I literally saw the light die in his eyes, he decided he could not do it. It could oh, not gosh. it was not him. He was a technical guy and it was not possible. Okay. And he so, just it, I saw him just give up on deflate. his career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but now, now here's what's interesting about it, Mike. Do you agree with him when he says he could not? Oh, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, he, in fact, what happened was he chose not to. But Right. He absolutely can, and I can tell you exactly how. I, I, I can lay it out in two minutes. And once I tell everybody this, it's like, yeah, that's easy. And then all you have to do is go do it. And it's not, it is literally not rocket science. All right, it you is, got two minutes. Give me the secrets. Okay, two, two <laughs> minutes. Um, if you want a better relationship with other people, you must communicate in a way that works for them. All human beings evaluate communication that they receive. Okay, if you're talking to me, when you're talking to me, I evaluate my relationship with you based on two factors quantity of communication with you and quality of communication with you simply this i talk more to my best friends and close friends than i do to strangers than i do to people who i'm not close with or just with random acquaintances i talk more to people i have more communication with people who are closer to me and i have better relationships with that's the primary measure of relationships. We could map all the relationships in a corporation just by how often people exchange emails and voicemails. The second thing is quality. Once you establish quantity, then the second thing is if you talk to me uh, more about thing – I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Quality is simply this. Are you talking to me about stuff that's of interest and value to me? So the person with whom I have the best relationship is the person I talk to the most – about things that are of value to me. It's as simple as that. So, so if you want to have a better relationship with a marketing person, any IT person uh, in the world can immediately improve their relationships with people, uh, the inter- their internal customers, by simply talking more to them about things that are of interest to them. Well, what Not they, the IT person, but to the person who's their customer. Well, what if the thing they want that is of most interest to them is their dog or their kids? Or their I don't care. Things I talk I don't to them about really that. Care about. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there are people who say to me, Mark, I don't want to do it. I said, that's okay. Look, but you can't refute the logic, since IT people so often are talking about, well, that doesn't flow, and it's not logical, and so on. You can't refute the logic, but if you don't want to, that's fine, if you think dogs are unimportant. You know what's funny about that? The marketing people think code is unimportant, and that always offends IT people. Well, I'm sorry. You're going to offend me by saying my dog's not important. I'm going to offend you by saying, I can offend you then by saying your code's not important. You know, for me, I can tell you it's real easy. You want, you want my time? Know my kids' names. My kids are important to me. 
Okay, so I can give almost anybody an example in their own life about stuff that's of interest. In fact, I do it all the time. I start talking to potential clients and I ask them who they are and you know a little bit about their background, and then I probe and I want to know more about them. I'm interested in them, and you might think, oh, gee, that sounds like sales. Well, yeah, but sales has a bad rap. Sales is what keeps your company in business. It's as simple as talking to your internal customer more often about things that are of interest to them. It's interesting. I had a friend of mine. Um, uh, you know this person. It's a, a mutual friend of ours who okay. uh, had uh, was trying to uh, get some influence with uh, her boss and uh, found out that she had to learn baseball. She has no interest in sports whatsoever, but her boss loved baseball. So guess what? She learned baseball. Yeah. She didn't call a home run a touchdown anymore, and yeah, things worked better. Yeah. And, and, and it, the thing is, is that you, all the more technical knowledge you have won't get you there with somebody who likes baseball. In fact, they not only won't give you credit for the training, for the time you spent learning more technical stuff, they'll also ding you for the fact that you don't seem to know the way the world works to them. You don't seem to care about them. Every hour you spend doing what you want is an hour you're spending not doing what they want. Right. So it's, a, it's sort of a double whammy. Well, I'll tell you, the, the biggest challenge she had was, was really not learning baseball. That, that wasn't the issue. The one issue she had was realizing, deciding that it was okay to like baseball. She couldn't get through her head that it was important. Baseball was important to this person, and therefore, to be effective on her job, she had to learn to, to how to communicate with this person about something they were very passionate about. And... Her thoughts were, look at baseball has nothing whatsoever to the business. It has nothing to do with technology. It has no place in the business. And I tell you, I've, it's that decision that she was going to focus on how to be effective versus how to be right yes. was the critical turning point for her. I, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I, I, I'll give you a perfect example, a little vignette. Project meeting, kickoff project meeting. Not not a big kickoff uh, event, but a project meeting, first meeting. A bunch of, uh, we're going to use the example of marketing because they're so different from IT people. We're going to use five marketing people coming in with a couple of project managers, a uh, project manager, a director, and a couple of uh, technical folks. Uh, so five IT people. We're, we're kicking off a new uh, web page uh, functionality project. The first thing the IT people do normally, what I see, is they all kind of go in at the same time. They're waiting around for something, and they all go in, and they all sit down on one side of the table. That's grossly ineffective. The first thing IT people should do is walk in the room, make eye contact with anyone else who's not IT, walk up, shake their hand, introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Mark. It's nice to meet you. Um, if you don't know him, I'm sorry, and I didn't get your name, and tell me who do you work for. And, and you can write these down. People can write these down. Who do you work for? Who are your peers? Tell me about what you do for the organization. Okay? And then almost always natural segues into, and, and where do you live? You know, if I was in D.C., where you live, my, you know, I'm in Texas, but if, you're, if I was in D.C., I'd say, where do you live? And they'd say, Burke. I'd say, oh, well, I happen to have a friend who lives in Burke. Or, you know, um, you know I live in Vienna. Oh, okay, I, I know somebody in Vienna. Um, these are not natural questions for many, many IT people who tend to focus more on the technical stuff, but they work. Um, 
And what you're looking for is common ground. So I make eye contact, I shake hands, which we can teach separately, obviously. And then I sit next to a marketing person. And I then spend time in the meeting learning about them when there are breaks in the meeting. Say, well, hey, you know, I've not worked with you before. How, how long have you been with the company? What's your background? Uh, is this your first project? Do you know, what do you know? What have you heard? Boy, that's interesting. Uh, here's what I've heard. Yeah, I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd guess that's probably not the normal conversation no. between marketing and IT folks, <laughs> having experienced it for decades. Have you ever seen that happen? Yeah, I see. I've, I have seen it happen, absolutely. But Good. And the people that it happens with are typically the ones that are the most effective. Those are yeah. the ones that are whose ideas are accepted. They're the, they're the ones that are invited into the key meetings where the business is developing strategy, and they're the ones getting promoted because, you know, the, the president of the company is telling the – CIO, hey, hey, that, yeah. Joe's a good dude. Yeah, I like and, him. And well, he's not the smartest guy I got. I don't care. I like him. I'd rather work with people I like. I'll give you a good example. My good, good uh, sort of uh, data point. At the end of a meeting where you have four IT people sitting on one side of the table and one IT guy on the other side of the table shaking hands, doing a little bit of you know glad handing, a little bit of schmoozing, maybe the, some of the IT people are going like, oh man, who's that? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like him terribly much. His behavior is different than our normal stuff. At the end of the meeting, who are the marketing people going to say is the smartest IT guy in the room? Well, those, the ones that were doing the glad handing, for sure. Yeah, the, the one guy who's doing the glad handing is going to be perceived as smart. Why? Because that's what marketing people like. Yeah. You know, that, if you're an American and you don't speak French, no Frenchman is going to think you're smart. If you speak French, you're going to be the smartest American in your group <laughs> in France. So you want if you're if you're supporting marketing, you should speak marketing, um, and that means friendly, outgoing. Now you might say to yourself, "Well, gee, what if, what if we're uh, supporting uh, the engineering organization?" Well, it's probably a little bit easier there, but you'd still want to talk about engineering or about what they're doing on the project rather than what you're doing on the project. Because all, all the technical stuff will always come out. There's no way that a major corporation can buy today without technical. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. So, so what else? What else can they do? Is there any particular behaviors around? Uh, oh, I don't know, email, for example. Yes, that- oh, of course. Um, and you know, we we could spend hours talking about about really subtle things about email. We probably need to figure out some way to to make that available to people. But but I'll, I'll give you. A, Again, a good example. When I say that communication, it's got to be frequent. Uh, if I want to build a better relationship with somebody in marketing, my, my project counterpart, I'm going to communicate more frequently. When I come back from the meeting, I'm going to send an email every single time. Hey, thanks for your input. Here's what I heard. Uh, even if I'm not the person who is supposed to be capturing all the notes or whatever, I'm going to send a note to each one. Not a broadcast to all four of them, uh, maybe in the beginning, but, I, but, in the begin- but after a while, I'm going to send an individual note. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot for your input. Really appreciate it. Um, glad we agreed on that. I'm sure we'll be able to work on this other thing, this, this project, this sub-area why we'll be able to work that out and figure something out. Uh, I look forward to talking to you. And and in my case, what I have found is very helpful is setting up the next meeting then. E- even if there's a project meeting, if you think like a sub-meeting between you and one other person could solve a problem, um, setting it up within 24 hours is really, really helpful. But the key thing is emailing them right away. Now, what I will tell you is for many IT people, they love email. Most marketing people want voicemail. They like the fact that it's it's richer, there's more subtlety in the voice. And so... 
all things being equal, if you're working for marketing, I would say send a voicemail. Go walk right back to your desk. It takes two seconds and leave a voicemail. Hey, Bob, this is Mark. Just wanted to tell you thanks. Now, if they pick, somebody guy once told me, hey, what if they pick up the phone? <laughs> I said, well, we're not trying to avoid them. We're trying to create a relationship with them. Say, hey, listen, I, I thought I'd get your voicemail, but I just want to tell you, thanks. That was a good meeting. You know, I'm, these projects sometimes are hard. Obviously, there are issues around budget and so on, but I, but I really look forward to working with you. I just want to tell you, I'm, this is going to go good, I think. Boy, people will eat that stuff up. That, that person will run an errand for you, will do, go the extra mile for you over and over and over again if you just put a little bit of time into it. Um, same thing, email, quick email saying, hey, how's it going? Um, uh, uh, if you hear there are problems on a project, the first thing a technical person should do is communicate. First thing, don't try to solve the problem. Communicate about the problem with the customer. The customer really, before they want the problem solved, since for most people, the most marketing people, as an example, um, they see what you do, what the technical person does, as a black box. So if you go walk into your black box and start solving the problem, they can't see inside the black box. They don't know what's being solved. If you tell them, hey, listen, I think we've got a problem on this, and here's what we're thinking about doing. I'll keep you posted, and I'll let you know what's going to happen in 24 hours. Boy, the marketing people, all of a sudden, all of their issues go away. Yeah, and when I've somebody at the top says to them, how's it going? You know what? It's fine. It's going to work out. They're going to be back to us in 48 hours. As opposed to when the VP calls down and says, hey, I heard there's a problem. Yeah, I don't know. They're working on it. Yeah, I've seen that happen so many times where, yeah. you know, a critical issue comes up. IT is working like crazy trying yeah. to solve it, but they're not communicating. Yeah. And so marketing, customer service, whoever, the user on the other side can only make one conclusion. Since they're not being communicated to, yeah. nothing is happening. Because that's what they do. They communicate. And so they're they're like saying... Well, of course nothing's happening because you're not telling me anything that's happening. And since on Saturday and Sunday when we don't work, you don't tell me what's happening. And since I assume no work's getting done then, that if on Tuesday I don't hear from you, then I assume nothing's happening there either. Is it a bad assumption? Yes. Does it affect their conclusions about you? Yes, it does. Do you want to change their conclusions? Yes, you do. And that means the first rule for an expert, any expert, IT or legal or HR or anything else, the rule is communicate first. And, you know, I say this to folks, and then I, I, and then I give them further coaching on how they can tailor it even more. And their response is, gosh, this is different. This is hard. I said, yeah, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it, and we'd, um, we'd pay a lot less. Um, yeah, it's as simple as that. Communicate to the people. Communicate more frequently about things that interest them. And when you're getting ready for the next meeting, quick email or voicemail. Hey, looking forward to the next meeting. We've got some stuff we need to share with you. I uh, hope things are going well. And then go sit down next to somebody different or the same person and engage them a little bit more. Hey, how was your weekend? Um, I'm amazed at how many IT groups get together. They talk about how the weekend was and they walk into meetings with stone face. They're all with each, with each other. They're all pretty pleasant and outgoing. Then they go sit with, quote, the enemy, unquote, the internal customer, marketing, whatever, sales, operations. And they don't say, how was your weekend? Um, that on Monday, you can't start a meeting in corporate America without how was your weekend, particularly with a sales or marketing or operations organization where, where people and communication are so critical and, and be effective. It's not going to work. Okay. So let's, let's be different. We, we decided when we started talking about doing this podcast right. or things like it that we wanted to give people practical steps that they could take, measurable steps to make a difference, such that they could come back a week later after having right. listened to the podcast and say, hey, this stuff works. Right. So, okay, so let's, let's, get, let's get everybody a homework assignment. Oh, I, 
can't believe we're saying that, but let's give let's get these guys a homework <laughs> assignment so that next time they come to the podcast, they'll they'll know that this stuff works. What can they do? What can they focus on for let's say a week and get measurable results? Or is there anything in a week you can? Oh do? gosh, yeah, of course. Well, the first thing I want to do, they may not get results in a week, but the first thing I'm going to say, tell them to do: sign up for a course that the company gives them for free that has something to do with interpersonal skills. Just that. You're going to get credit for it, and it's not technical, and it probably won't be as long or as involved as, as most technical courses are. Okay. Second thing, um, on the project they're on now. Okay. Let's say you know I know people tend to be on multiple projects. On the projects they're on now, um, even if they've got six weeks, twelve weeks, twenty-five weeks of previous behavior, and it will appear unusual to the marketing people. Again, I'm going to use marketing as, a, as an example. Um, I, I, they should pick up the phone for the next meeting. Hey, listen, Bob, looking forward to the next, uh, looking forward to our meeting. Hope, hope it goes well. Hope you had a good weekend. Love to catch up with you uh, at the meeting. Okay. Then next thing, when they go into the meeting, shake hands with everybody on the other side of the table, ask how they're doing and sit next to somebody from the other side of the room, from the other side of the fence. Sorry. Okay. When All the right. meeting's done, shake hands with every person. Make eye contact with them and say, hey, thanks. Yeah, a couple of things went wrong, but that's okay. We'll, we'll work on it. We got it. Uh, and we'll keep you posted. Then for one or two or perhaps three or four, depending upon what kind of connection you add with people, leave a voicemail or send an email, not a broadcast email, to those people saying, hey, good meeting. Learn a lot. We're going to work on this. Appreciate your input on that. Try to focus on the positive. Okay. I can do that. There are several things you can do right there. Okay. Now, one other thing I want them to do that's it's related to this project, but it really has value in future projects, and that is they need to, to start putting together a dossier or, or figure out how they do it, whether they use Outlook or they use a notebook or something. For me and for most people in corporate America, it's going to be Outlook and, and using the contacts folder or something like that, and they need to capture their relationship with these people. They need to capture their notes about what Joe Smith does and what Bob Jones does and what Mark Jackson does. Okay, he's from he's from Vienna and he's got three kids and he's got two dogs. His wife is really into his daughter's gymnastics career, whatever the case might be. Okay, and the reason we do that is so the next time they work with somebody, if it's eighteen months later, and yeah, I used to work with him, but I don't really know him. At least you've got some baseline. He, you know, he's got two dogs, he's got three kids, his wife is really into the gymnastics thing. That's the, believe me, that, if I asked my client, one of my executive coaching clients to do that, and he or she did all of it, I'd be shocked. So that ought to be, that's a full plate for most people. Wow, that makes a difference. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, it's simple. I, you know what? I, I, I think it will. Let's ask them what they think. Hmm. And, and, and of course, the way they'll know is, they do it at one meeting, and they see if there's a difference in the next meeting. All right. Well, you know, after this, we're going to set up a conference call with uh, that friend of mine I referred to, and we're going. You know, but matter of fact, what we'll do is just we'll just send him this podcast. Okay. Make Good. him listen to it and uh, see if he says he can't do that. And he's a bright guy, so I guarantee you he'll say, "Well, I can do that. That'll make a difference." So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, and then there's a hundred things more. Immediately, I start thinking about this guy. I said, "Oh, I wonder what kind of facial expressions, what kind of body language he has." And that's that's all stuff we could hypothetically talk about. It so and sometimes it doesn't translate very well over, you know, just audio. But but uh, but there's some things we can do almost immediately to help people be more effective in the subtle parts of interpersonal relationships. Sure. Well, sometimes you got to just you got to learn by doing. Just like uh, we decided to uh, 
just do the podcast and not worry too much about whether or not it right. was perfect or not. And we so, grow and learn, and next time we'll probably do something a little bit different. But right. so was this helpful? Was it, yeah, this is great. Okay, good. good, this is great. Very I'm good. gonna I'm gonna send this to a few people, and we'll see what they say. See what they say. You know, you know the other thing we need to build. Since I'm an ex ex IT guy, um, you know, we really need to build some kind of application to track folks' behaviors on the podcast, so we can talk about how Joe, Bill, and Jim did on uh, yeah their uh, their their homework assignments yeah and track uh, results that'd be kind of cool that would be kind of cool yeah we'll talk about that okay good all righty thanks man hey we'll talk to you later all right bye 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 thanks for listening to the manager tools podcast we hope you enjoyed it be sure to visit our website at www.manager-tools.com as you progress you'll find more and more useful and interesting information and tools on the website until next time so long. Mm-hmm.